When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to No Chill with Gilbert Arenas. We got a very special guest today. He was a seventh round pick out of Kent State in 2009 by the Patriots. One of the few white quarterbacks to ever get moved to wide receiver. <laughs> One of the few, the proud, the strong. Three-time Super Bowl champ, Super Bowl 53 MVP. Now you can catch him co-hosting the award-winning Inside the NFL. He's also got his own podcast, Games with Names. Mm-hmm. Julian Edelman, we appreciate you coming out. Thanks for Gilly. So now it's usually a basketball show, but we had to make a special exception for a legend like yourself. But gotta know, like, what was your hoop career like? Did you play at all? Yeah, I played. Uh, I played a bunch of AAU when I was like twelve to like fifteen for the Metro Mirage. Shout out <laughs> over there in uh, NorCal. But uh, I was always just the athletic kid. I was a football player playing basketball. Mm. You know, athletic, great defense, could get to the hoop. But, you know, it wasn't, like, natural to me. I wasn't, like, I couldn't just see things, like, when you watch the game and the guy cuts or, like, it was never a natural game to me. I was just more athletic than everyone. What's so funny is I tell, like, parents from, like, 10 to, like, 13, put your kid in football first because the football players has a big advantage over basketball players because they're faster. They always have their fast twitch muscles. They're more explosive and they actually know how to hit holes. Yeah. Right. So when you're just watching kids, you can see like, okay, he's a football player. Yeah. <laughs> you can, you can spot it quick. 100%. Yeah. Like when we go play, you know, pick up basketball in college, you know, the football team would go out there and we'd be playing hoops, recreational hoops. And, you know, you, you can always spot the, the football guys yeah. because they're fouling and yeah. going, I don't know how to play the game, you know, it's, but it, it's, uh, it was fun, man. I, I enjoyed basketball, um, but didn't have the, didn't have it in me. The funny shit about like, cause I went to UCLA. So those dudes would come out like Freddie Mitchell of the world, yeah. Drew Bennett, mm-hmm. windmilling, doing all this crazy shit, but none of them knew how to land. Like their, their, their coordination was always off. So they, they do, you know, 40-something plus inch vert, hit you with a windmill, but then flop over yeah. like fall trying to land on two feet. That muscle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Too much muscle. Muscle don't fly. So you're, you're a big Celtics fan, right? You were at Game 7, uh, the Sixers series. Yeah. I think you put up, what, $11,000 bet after they tied the yeah. Eastern Conference Finals. Unfortunately. No, nah, was, was, that was a future from like three months ago, two oh, okay. months okay. ago. Okay. Yeah. So, so you're headed again. So when you look at the Celtics <laughs> squad now, what do they need to do to follow that same championship pedigree that you guys had with the Patriots? <sighs> they got, you know, the, the, I know those guys very well. Um, the crazy thing is when I was on vacation for the first four games, if you guys remember, I was suspended. Um, <laughs> I went and I went to the Celtics facility. So they like welcomed me in. They had a locker. They let me do my rehab. I was rehabbing for my knee at the time and gained a lot of great relationships there. So uh, I love them to death, but you know, it just, they gotta get, they gotta, they gotta come together and and play a little more with a little more dog in them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it it just seemed like when they needed a basket to win a game or something, 
Like, you need a killer in there. Like, it just wasn't there this year. I think, I don't know, they may need another offensive guy. Uh, I, like I said, I don't know basketball. Those guys, you guys, that's, that's, you said that's it right. You but you know sports. No, but, right. You said it right. You but, said it right. <laughs> you know, it just seemed like, you know, Tatum had an insane game seven, whatever, couple series back. Like, then he gets hurt in the first, second play of the game. And, and like, then he was just kind of washed out. And, and it just it's game seven. Mm-hmm. It almost seemed like the urgency wasn't there f- for them. You know, I, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes right now, but whatever it was, man, it just didn't look right. You know, they got to they gotta do something, though. Yeah, no, no. Because <laughs> <laughs> they have the players. I mean, that, but that's, you got two superstars, Jalen and, and, and Tatum. Those guys are studs. You know, I, and I like Marcus Smart. I mean, he plays hard. He, he's really good at defense. You got a g- bunch of good role players, but it just seemed like when they needed a bucket, no one, no one came out. Yeah, with, with the, the problem with them is the, their role players are now starters. Yeah. They need, like, one more guy or two more guys that are actual factors. Um, their offense is stagnant. Meaning, you know, if it's on one side, you know, Tatum is playing one-on-one, everyone's standing. If Jalen has it, everyone's standing. They never play two, two-man game. Yeah. So they're never playing like off the pinch post where they're forcing people to switch so they can take an advantage of it. Usually it's just one-on-one, one's going against five. Right? In the playoffs, you can't do that. Yeah. Right? It, it, you can't. You have to have movement. And, you know, when I just watched the film, I'm like, you guys are just standing. This, you're the easiest team to guard. Yeah. Just low. I'm just going to load up. You're going to take some step back three. You know, if you're going to do that for, you know, the whole game, I, I'm content with that. Are, are we, are we, can, are we, are we good with the coach? Is the coach, is, cause I, you know, you hear the Boston media, everyone's like, ah, coach's gotta go. This guy, we got four coaches in the last four years. Like, is I mean, this coach, it, it, is he the seems, guy? It seems like the players, like, it, you know, it's players coaches. So if the players like him, then he's good. But from there, it's, you need real actual players. Yeah. Right, you know, the grinded out players. That works until you play against teams that, that grind it out more than you or their team knows how to play better, right? I, just with them, you have two superstars and, you know, players that know their roles, but you need movement. You need to have movement in the game. If not, it's like running the same play every single time, right? If, if I know, all right, this, this receiver doesn't run hard when he doesn't have the ball, all we do is just look at him first two steps, all right, it's over here. Yeah. Like it's, easy, it's easier to read if, you know, if you're not running the, if you're not doing your part. That's one thing I did, like it didn't look like they had particularly like an offense mm-hmm. in set like in play going you know like like you said it was a lot of like one-on-one basketball everyone clear out let's see you know if he can make someone win on one-on-one yeah. you know so <laughs> it just didn't have any i, I didn't feel didn't like the there boston was continuity feel. didn't have the boston feel didn't have the yeah. boston yeah. feel. <laughs> like when you look at like the larry birds and how like one has it, one's cutting, one's slashing. Um, even with Paul Pierce, uh, Kevin, uh, KG, Rondo, and them, everyone moves. Ray Allen. Yeah. I know that they're, everyone, they're fighting. Everyone, they every, yeah, every, no, they're, they're, they're Are they kind back? of friends. I think Are we they, back? They, they, they made I won't say anything. K, KG might beat me up. <laughs> they're, they're kind of, I think they're kind of friends now. But, you know, it's, it's always about movement. When you look at the teams um, that make it, they always have movement. Into their offense. Yeah. 
Did you ever do a KG at all? Do your time in Boston? Like, what, what was he like? Nah, I, I've kicked it with I, I kick it with Paul Pierce a bunch. Okay. I mean, you guys remember I got arrested for uh, hood sliding on a car. You guys remember that? <laughs> you know. Me and Paul Pierce, you know, we were hanging out. <laughs> Too much tequila. Um, was the hood sliding on a police car? Nah. Just a random car? Yeah, we were. So there was a robbery. There was a robbery at some. We were at Free Dunn Beverly Hills, watching uh, some football. We got eliminated early that year, and uh, they they made us stay in the restaurant. So we were there for like three and a half hours, and I see Paul, and we just start taking down a bunch of tequila. <laughs> we were talking about Starsky and Hutch because there was a bunch of cops that weren't letting anyone out, and as soon as they let us out, we were walking by a parking garage, and a car rolled up, and. You know, me being an idiot, I did like a little hood slide on it. Didn't really get a good hood slide. I, it was a little precipitation <laughs> in the air and I was wearing jeans, so I kind of like stuck. If I would have hood slid, I think it would have been good. But the guy gets out of the car, waves down a cop, cops come up and hand me up. I'm like, yo, what Beverly for a Hill, hood bro. slide? For a hood slide. But Beverly Hills and you were Paul Pierce. That's not, you know. <laughs> yeah. The, the hood thanks, Paul. slide? Thanks, Paul. <laughs> so I was going to ask who was the bad influence there, but it seems like y'all were both bad influence. <laughs> It was fun. It was, it was all good and ended up paying the guy for nothing. But, yeah, we're good. You're a basketball fan. So when you look around the league, who would you say is the NBA version of yourself? I, I hate playing that game, but I'll tell you who I do like. I, Jimmy Butler, like, I love his mental toughness. You know, and, and he may not even be playing a great game, but at the end of the game, when the team needs a steal, team needs a shot, team needs something, he goes and sinks the three free throws when the team needed it. Like, that's – I'm a big fan of him. Okay. You know, I, I think he's a stud. Uh, for whatever they do this series, I mean, it's just a great story because, I mean, they don't have any no, they don't. superstars in their <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But they got that dog. What's funny is it's when you look at the last five minutes of games, his stat line is amazing. Yeah. Like no matter what he's doing the rest of the, the game, yeah. the like he's going to have three buckets, two free throws, two steals, four rebounds. And you're like, Jesus Christ. It's like that last five minutes he's putting in a lot of production. Now, we, like, you guys have heard the rumors, right? Is 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 he is Michael his dad? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, that's, that's just bad. That when bad? someone, when someone, <laughs> is that? They're, they're I've seen it on social. It's yeah, everywhere. Because yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. I mean, he has a little of that killer instinct <laughs> in him. No, no. He has that, that MJ gene in him. But <laughs> the last, the last, the last couple of minutes, he does. Like, I mean, no, that'd no. be crazy. It'd be it a would, it story. Would, it I want fun. the rights. I want to make that movie. <laughs> just should make it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but Boston is a uh, a sports town, right? Used to winning chips. But I want to know, and we talk about all this this all the time as Hoopers, like between Patriots, Red Sox, Bruins, and Celtics, who gets the most love from fans? Like if y'all are out on the town, who's getting the nicest table at the club and who's kind of getting pushed to the side? Uh, well, it depends on who's winning. Okay. You know, I, I mean, I, we all have a, a really good relationship. I never had trouble getting a, a table or getting a restaurant uh, or getting anywhere. And, you know, usually you would see the other guys as well. So, I mean, there was never really like a rivalry um, between the guys. It was kind of more like a brotherhood. Okay. You know, everyone out, like when I was there, I mean, I, I saw the Red Sox win a World Series, the Bruins won a championship, the Celtics won a championship. Like, it, it, everyone was winning. So everyone is, I mean, everyone's loved. 
Jesus Christ. Ooh. That's crazy, huh? I've been to all, all games. So if you guys are all, what I'm saying, if you guys are all bad, who has like the edge? If we're all bad? If you're all bad. Ah. Is it, is it Boston? I mean, is it Celtics because of the, all the championships back in the day? Yeah, but does anybody care about that nowadays? That's like the That's old, what I'm saying. old like, dude I, in the club. I mean, usually, usually football is all because they have just a bigger fan base. Well, you know, we're the New England Patriots. So, like, we hit, like, five regions. We hit, like, Vermont. Mm-hmm. We get Providence or Rhode Island, New Hampshire. So y'all are bigger. Just, I, I don't know. No, I don't think we're big. <laughs> They're not the New England Celtics, though. So, yeah. I, I, I so feel it. it. It's, it's a tough one. If we're all... Boston. I don't know. The, the Red Sox and the Celtics, they're in the city. And, you know, the Bruins, ha- that's kind of like a... They're, they're like kind of like a cult following with hockey, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But it's a huge hockey town. I would have to give it to either the Sox or the Celtics, low-key. Damn. Yeah, okay. I mean, like well, the Patriot. I mean, unless it's like Brady, uh-huh. you know, Brady rolls in. So that's what I said. Like, okay, like if you take all the stars, right, and then like they, they had to walk. I guess it is Brady. It's got to be Brady. <laughs> <laughs> but you think about just one. I mean, unless you're trying I mean, to pull Bird or something. But yeah, yeah they're not Brady. But then yeah. you get you get recency bias. Yeah. You know, like 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 you said, like old. You know, old most of the people in the city are probably younger now. Yeah. So it's probably everyone. I mean, Tom's God there. Yeah, yeah. And Brady pulls. I don't matter KG, Paul Pierce, whoever. Yeah. Like, nah, nah. And Gronk, low key, dude. Yeah, Gronk. Yeah, yeah. I remember we were we were young, and Gronk just ball. Like he he was starting to become Gronk, and we were out at a Sox game or something, and the people saw him get in the car, and they were like, it was like they swarmed the car, and they were shaking the car for mm-hmm. Gronk. Gronk gets out of the <laughs> sunroof. Everyone's going crazy. People are throwing bra, shirt. I mean, Gronk's like a rock star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gronk yeah, is yeah. an absolute <laughs> rock star. <laughs> so let's talk a little basketball. Some news that broke recently is that, uh, I don't know if you saw this, that Kyrie is trying to recruit I saw that. LeBron no, to the Mavs. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you first, what are your thoughts on that? you think that's a good move for Braun or is that just smoke and mirrors? I mean, those taxes are nice in Dallas. Ooh, those taxes okay. are nice in Dallas. Okay. And he's a Dallas Cowboys fan. No? He, what mean, do you think? Multiple team fan. Yeah? Yeah, he does love the Cowboys. I mean, Cowboys, like, but Browns, but it's, like, like I wrote on my Instagram, I said, um, <laughs> because of the colors, you know, blue, green, looking like a peacock. That's not. That's that's You're not. not that's not legacy worth. I think of. I think of <laughs> NBA jams when Jason Kidd was on there. Yeah, that color. But that's what I said. It's that peacock color. Yeah. Like yeah, it's disgusting. But to tell you, save the bread. And you don't become stars. <laughs> He's already a star. Yo, no, no, you don't. Like top five, top ten is colorways. Okay. Gold, man, purple. Right. Red and black. Yeah, red, purple. black, and white, you know what I mean? Or black or gray, you know? The green and white Celts. Nah, we're, we're moving them out. You know? Moving them out? Yeah, you know, Bird and like Bird, Bird and what's the name? They're like nine right? and ten. They're nine and ten, so that means Curry gets in. You know, so that group, one more person, green is out. I get it. Hey, I, I think, I mean... Dallas, no. His kids just go to U- USC? No. You're not different. Nah. Yeah, but he's rich, bro. He can take helicopters and planes and know, go, come see him. Like, yeah, it doesn't bro- really matter. Bronny does live on his own, low key. Yeah. <laughs> low key, Bronny is like his own entity. That's the funny part, bro. Bronny, like, they live in Beverly Hills. Bronny lives in Porter Ranch. <laughs> he, like, Little Romeo back yeah. there. He had his own crib. His own crib. <laughs> yeah, now, like- is the younger LeBron, is he, I heard he's, like, really good. Yeah, too. Bryce. Yeah, yeah Bryce. Bryce. He's uh, taller taller has the same like so he's more it's like he's built more like Braun 
Um, Does he have it though? The one thing I always got worried about, you know, when we are not worried about, but I remember I grew up playing against a lot of 49er kids. Mm -hmm. I was in the Bay Area and I feel, you know, it was always like, I was a kid who would look at that kid and I wanted to, I want to do everything I can to take him down because his dad had blood, you know, his dad was in the league and you know what I mean? So I wonder if they deal with that, you know? No, no. Cause you gotta have like, and it always felt like to me, at least where the guys where I was at, they, the, the guys that were sons of greats or sons of guys that were in the league, they didn't have the hunger. You know, they, if they fell, they hit pillows. They didn't hit rocks like mm-hmm. their pops or mm-hmm. like, like I did. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so that's the one thing you always wonder. That was, that was, that's, that's our age group. Yeah. Now, if you, if you notice, there's a lot of NBA players. A lot of sons playing now. Because what happens is the money actually plays a big factor. Because even my son don't have the hunger, I can just get him a trainer and he can start training, and then when the hunger kicks in, he has all of this work ethic that yeah. was put in. Resources. Yeah, so what ends up happening is, like, like Bronny probably eighth, ninth, he was just doing it for fun, but once he got to, like, his 10th, 11th, and 12th year, he became a workaholic. Yeah. Usually, once that kicks in, good things if happen. they haven't been training, they're late bloomers, doesn't play well. Um, so, like, you know, like the stats and all those kids, it's like, Getting them to that, just like you're gonna have a trainer, and then eventually just keep just with him, just keep going, keep going. So he's not just sitting around playing video games for the last, you know, until he's yeah. 14, yeah, right? Where everyone is just sitting there hungry, and then when they go out there and play, this kid is destroying them. Like, I'm cool, I don't want to play this sport anymore. So, yeah, yeah but your generation of dads too also be in their kids' lives, you know, more, true. more the older, yeah, true. Older, the older like, better, they were getting it like in, they were bringing them to the gym, like, like mellow, right? As much as mellow hasn't been in the league and everybody's all oh, why he's out of the league for his son i'm pretty sure he's happy yeah because now like you, you've seen his son in the last year a whole different player yeah like at first you're like mm. now he has the mellow game you can see it's it clicking. like the steps to hurry up pull up and it's like okay mellow's been working with him what's up with this french guy wimby wimby yeah. Is he going to be the truth? I think on paper, yeah, but the problem you run into with a dude that tall, right? You look like a Yao Ming and other people just feet. Yeah, any type of injury is going to be magnified tenfold compared to a guy Gil's height or my height or whatever it may be. So if he's healthy and he, and he stays healthy for his career, I think he's got a pretty which, good chance. Which is going to be... His height is high. Hard. Height is height, right? The height, tall. This height. Well, I mean, he's never going to... I'm not going to say he's never going to live up to the hype, but it's not like he's going to ever be behind Michael Jordan. And, and oh, you don't think he'll ever, he, he never get to that level? No. Michael Jordan, LeBron, Kareem? Yeah, well, Kareem got beat out in the 80s. The 1985, 87, <laughs> 90, Michael Jordan already had that, right? There, I mean, you know, it's once Michael Jordan came along, you know, he put the, it was the gold he's, standard. Thing is, he's got that, he's got that KD skinny. So yeah. those guys are wiry. Yeah. You know, he's not like Zion where he's holding a lot of weight yeah. where, you know, you look at a guy like that and like, man, he, that's, a lot of, that's a lot of weight falling down on ankles and stuff. It is, it's, 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 it's weird. I, I mean, I, I think he'd be, like with Zion, I knew that was going to be a problem. Yeah. One, it was too much weight flying up and coming down. Broke a shoe. Right? So it was like, mm, I don't see how that's going to last unless he just lose a ton of weight, which means he's going to lose a lot of power. Wimby, it's... It's his ankle, it's like AD, right? 
when he's playing, he's probably going to be great. But it's like, you know, those one thing, ankle injuries and toes and shit like yeah. that on a player like that. It's like, uh, hit and miss. No. I'll bet for it. I'll bet for The miss? No, I'll bet for the, the greater. Like. Who's going to be the next guy? We don't know yet. Like superstar? I want to know the next LeBron Jordan. So it's not Frenchie. Maybe Ja can get his, his shit right, but I mean Ja has the star power. Like he has the the charisma. Um, but they won't now they will not let him go past Kobe. Well, he can probably get to the Kobe level. Because he has the game, he has the the floor mannerisms. The the kids love him, the dance and the personality. He has the look. So he has the the attributes to be a star. Yeah. Um He's got to stay out of his own way. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure, to be honest, I'm pretty sure the NBA is going to be talking to moving them to a bigger city. Boston, Chicago. Uh, like, if he goes to Boston or Chicago, he's a megastar. I don't know. There's crazy gun laws there. Hopefully that gets him out of the, you know, it gets out of the system. But, you know, those are, it's like, you know, someone, someone has to feel, you already have, you have to have Boston. Someone has to feel... Chicago and um, Lakers in the next three, four years. We got it. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Let's talk a little football, man. Obviously, you know, you just stopped playing a few years ago, but the NFL announced recently that they're going to be doing Thursday night flex schedule. It means they can take a Sunday game, yeah. move it to Thursday night. You know, the NFL has been adamant. They got the new kickoff rules and all that stuff with the fair catch. But it seems like they talk about player safety. But just what's your experience like for those of us who don't know, having to play a game on Sunday and then having to turn around with three days, four days later, have to play a game Thursday night. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's tough. You know, my, my former teammate, Matthew Slater, was really hard on that whole subject, saying that, you know, we talk about players' safety and we're playing two games, you know, in 10 days and we're, we're flexing Thursday night games. And it's, and it's very tough for the athlete, for the younger guy mentally. It's tough because you're not going to get a, a week of practice in. For the older guys, it's tough physically because you got to get your your car going for that week's race and uh you know it's kind of a bullshit rule that they put in with the whole fair catch thing because it's it's like a scapegoat you know we talk about player safety but we don't have mandatory grass which is absolute bullshit you know guys guys are tearing their shit Mm -hmm. feet ankles, knees, non-contact all the time because of these turfs. And, you know, we, we haven't changed that. And we want to add another game, which 
you know, I, I'm, I'm sorry to, to be the, the burden of bad news, but the thing that makes football more unsafe than anything is more football. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the game's just a hundred percent injury rate. That's just what it is. I mean, you have 11 guys trying to kill one guy with the ball. I mean, that's what's going to happen. So I think it's, it, it's, it's ridiculous that they're, they're doing that because, you know, when, when you're playing a Sunday game and then, you know, they, they're going to flex a Thursday night game and, and make you play on a Thursday. You're already like, we're creatures of habit. You, mm-hmm. If you know preseason that you have, you know, that Thursday night game, you literally, you predicate everything for those two weeks, like that schedule and everything. It's a tough assignment to go by. And if they're going to do that, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. And you talked a little bit about the grass versus turf angle. So look, me as a fan at home, I'm watching turf looks nice. Like I'm thinking about even yeah. getting turf at the crib. Like it just looks nice. <laughs> Don't got to water it. Like, oh, you know, but as a, as a football player, what's the major difference between playing on grass and playing on turf? Well, it's just with turf, there's, there's nowhere for the energy to dispute. Just, yeah, just mm-hmm. go. You know what I mean? So when you cut, everything's going straight, straight to knee, knee. ankle, yep. which when you're a younger player, it's awesome because you can you can cheat a cut. You know, mm-hmm. you can cut off your inside foot and still make the cut. You know, with grass, you'll slip. Yeah. Uh, but there's no give, you know, and I remember, you know, when 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 you get to about 27, 28, you know, you go out and you have to practice on a turf field, your back locks up, your knees get hurt for the, the next three days, your ankles are sore for three days. It's just, mm-hmm. there's nowhere for the energy to go but through your body. And, and you know, these are full grown men that are cutting on this. I mean, it's kind of like playing on, on, on the hard, on, yeah. you know, on, on the hard, yeah. you know, on whatever, hard court. Yeah. And they won't That's, take that in consideration of changing it? You know, it's crazy, you know, like we, our stadiums, whenever there's an international soccer game, and if you have a turf stadium, they'll they'll bring in grass for the international teams to play because they have a rule for their players that they have to play on grass. But we can't do it for our league uh, and our you know our investment what, what, in players. The, what is the purpose? Like I know it's low maintenance, but complete have, low maintenance. If you have a dome, if you have a dome, then you can really control like what the well, it's, it's, it's money. I mean, you put a, a turf field in, that's a million five for the year. You know, you have grass, you got to water it, you got to upkeep it, you got to redo it. Uh, there, yeah. There's a lot of maintenance. You have to have a field crew that's always on it. Like, there's a lot yeah. more money. I mean, it's really, it's we're counting penny, pennies when it comes to what they're actually making. And you would think that the league would want to, you know, protect their investment in the player. You know, the horses that race in the horse, you gotta, yeah. you gotta take care of the horse. Yeah, you lose more money if the certain players are going down. So Without that, a doubt. That... <laughs> so, I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, I, I tore my ACL on a shitty turf in Detroit, which, you know, it was absolutely ridiculous. And then, you know, broke my foot on a shitty turf field in, in New York, like, I mean, this is a multi-billion dollar corporation. We can't get grass. You know, even if it's the statistics, I mean, they're a lot worse on turf. But even if you're helping the mental towards your player, Mm -hmm. wouldn't you rather have that instead of having guys? Because I remember pregame, you know, you go out and check the surfaces, see these uneven turf fields and like the tracks, if they're sticky, if they're not sticky, like it's it's bullshit. There's not been a vote? 
Dude. <laughs> <laughs> right, dude. I mean, like, I'm sure there should be like that. We're gonna vote for this. Every player's gonna vote which you want to play on. And then, hey, Roger Goodell, here you go. Goodell, Fix it. Goodell. It is at this at this point. It's just <laughs> he'll hit y'all with the. So we're gonna see you at the party. A vote. <laughs> a vote is like a vote. You want your chair? No. Get your ass out of the I remember when the, the NBA when the NBA tried to change the ball, right? Yeah. Right. What did they try to change it to? It was some synthetic ball. No, that shit was amazing, bro. Not even gonna lie, that shit. You was like the ball? Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, if you have big hands, right? You can just like so instead of doing this, you just palm it. So I used to just palm it while I'm dribbling, right? And just because the ref was always looking for this right here, so I'm just palming. So when I go in the lane, just be holding it and shit, and then <laughs> bouncing it. But it, it because of the grip, and when it got sweaty, you didn't have to worry about slipping. Okay. So what ended up happening is this: Kobe was pissed because Kobe was about um, organic. Right? If Jordan didn't break no rules with this ball, that I don't want it. I want the ball, all the legends playing. You're not gonna change that shit on my account. So that was his complaint. Had nothing to do with the actual physical. Steve Nash, same thing. They were all, it was all about what the original guys played in that they're chasing. We don't want no advantage. Right, so so they started making up shit. Oh, it's like cutting my hand, right? It's cutting my fingers, all the passing I'm doing. Like, every ball does it. You keep passing it over and over, it's gonna just end up ripping it. So they were just using that as an excuse. I was cutting my hand and they got rid of it. I wonder what PETA thinks about those two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But so. that ball was like, it was for shit, it, it was a shooter's ball. So like when it hit contact with the rim, it kind of like Ooh, stuck around. See, I like yeah. Yeah. Probably put magnets in there. That's yeah. So good. you know, so like the other one, like that that um, that leather that has slipped right off. And see, I love that you hear the inside. Like I never knew that about a ball. You yeah. know, but it's like the cleats and the surface for football. Like all the fields are different when you get the inside perspective of guys that play it. You guys actually feel that you could. Mm -hmm. So you talked about earlier, you know, playing against you know Forty Nine ers sons, but. Obviously, I saw an interesting story about you. You used to date Jerry Rice's daughter. When you were coming up, you guys were childhood friends, went to prom together. So dads can be extremely protective, obviously, of their daughter. So I want to know, what was your relationship like with Jerry Rice growing up? Did he f with you at all? Or was he like... He just, Terrified. Yeah, he knocked you down. Terrified. <laughs> Remember the first time I went over, Jerry came out, had his, his chain on, no shirt, <laughs> six-packed up, and just gave me a head nod. And that was like the last time we talked for like two years. <laughs> it was tough. It was scary. And what yeah. Jerry was that? Was the Jerry with like the Floyd Mayweather senior braids? What Jerry was was that in his, his stage? Uh, his uh, he was starting to get those. <laughs> he was starting to get those. You know, this the, was the uh, Mayweather senior Jerry. late ninety, late, late, yeah, late nineties. Yeah, they were they were starting to creep. They were starting to creep where they were you know getting back there. And but you know it was. It was all, it was all, it was all, I was terrified and I have a little girl now, so I understand, uh, you know, so you kind of, you get it. Uh, um, little punk, little kid coming into the house <laughs> thinking he's dating a daughter and stuff. But, uh, I'll tell you one thing, when Jerry wasn't there, I was putting on his Super Bowl rings and everything. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to that office, damn, look at this thing. Oh, look at these gloves. No, but uh, you know, <laughs> the family was awesome. They were all cool and, uh, you know, still friends to this day. And then when I got to, you know, it was crazy. When I got to the league afterwards, we developed a relationship. Okay, and he became cool. 
Uh, you know, I still see him at the Derby here and there once I see him out and about and he, he's, he's been real cool as of late, but when we were kids, you know, and I fully get it, I get it, Jerry, uh, you know, the daughter, but it, it was, uh, I'm still a little nervous talking about it. You know, it's Jerry Rice. He's a goat. That is, you were right behind him in, um, playoff catches and yards. Well, now that's something to yeah. to think about. The the kid that's dating my daughter just it's creeping on my record. Like know. you know what I mean? Like that is. And the crazy thing is, I mean, his records are insane. Yeah. If, if you just go down down the list, mm-hmm. that dude, the consistency that he put into the game, the the length that he played at a skill position. You know, that's it's it, I don't think it'll, it could be beat now because of the game and it's changed with all, mm-hmm. you know, how much we pass now. But I mean, it, it, it's pretty gnarly to just go down the stat list and see all his records. Do you ever want I, I do? I do that when I look at like like Jordan stuff. Right. You look at all the technology, everything we're doing now for protecting the, you player. know, the players. And then you look back and you say, with less protection, how is these guys playing so long? Yeah. They're never missing games. Like Jordan is like out of his 15 years, 11 games, played 82 games. And then, you know, one year, 81, two of those years, 80. And it's like, wait, wait, how, how did you do this? All right. And, and it, just, it just makes me think like, what, what are we missing <laughs> that they were doing? Why, why do they have so much longevity plus us? Plus, I mean, versus what we have now. I, I think they were taking tablespoons of cement. <laughs> Just tough. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and now that you have information on load management and stuff, then it's almost like a crutch. You know, it almost works against you. Yeah, you know, back then they didn't know. They're just like, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm hurt, but whatever. Let's go out and put the sneaks on and play. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's very similar to football. I mean, you, you look at a guy like Derek Brooks, played middle linebacker for like 15 years, didn't miss a game. London Fletcher didn't miss a game at middle linebacker. These these guys that played like that. I mean, a that's that's lucky. Like lucky. there's got to be some luck in there. But you know these guys are also built different. You know, and it could be because they probably hit more. So then they calcified their body. Now we barely hit. So now you know because of the practice rules, because of the lack of hitting in training camp, you only get one padded pack, uh, week padded practice a week. Like these things are starting to see butterfly effects on. You know, in the game, you know, now a guy gets hit, now he's hurt, or, you know. So mm-hmm. I don't. There's so many things that that jump into that. I remember like probably the first five years of my my career, we were still kind of it was still kind of Neanderthal-y, mm-hmm. you know, getting laid out over the middle, <laughs> like ball won't even be near you. Ed Reed, take your head off, chin straps gone. Now you breathe on a guy and you get a flag. And I, I remember looking back on. You know, like the last three years of my career, I'm like, man, I had probably like 15 to 20 catches that I would have been depleted on in the early years. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't have had these catches. I'd probably be in the hospital, like in the concussion protocol. You know, the game's just changed. And I'm sure it's changed in basketball as well with the hand checks and all that stuff. It, it changed more for the offense. That, well, yeah. Offense sells, baby. Yeah, changed more for the offense. Defense wins championships. <laughs> Best defense, a good offense. Yeah, yeah, you gotta. So let's talk about your career a little bit. 
I mean, solid regular season player, but you're talking about Jimmy Butler earlier. It's almost like when those playoffs started, that's when you locked in and that's when you were ready to make your name and do your thing. So what was it about playing in just those high pressure situations that brought the best out of you? Uh, I think a lot of it had to do with, you know, the team that I played for, like practicing. We practice our, our, our tail off and, and Belichick would make the situation so hard in practice that like when it came to game day, like it was like, all right, you knew the answer to the test and you just got to go do it and you, you do it again. And having a guy like Tom Brady who made you accountable, like made you work hard. You had to earn his trust every day. Like every every practice was like a mini game, like mentally. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you had a bad practice, I could fuck up my whole night. And like then I would wait till the next day for that next practice. And I think that's ultimately what it came down to is just being able to go out and prepare myself to the best of my ability. And, uh, you know, when the lights were shining bright, that's that's when you want to play your best. You know, and also like the regular seat, like people want to get on regular season numbers. Like we were blowing teams out. So we weren't even throwing the ball in the second half. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We were running the ball. So I was blocking a bunch. (laughs) You know, it's one of those things. And when you get to the playoffs, you're going to do what your team does best. And a lot of times we, you know, we wouldn't even run certain plays because we didn't want to put it on the, on, you know, in, in the tendency reports for the other teams, or we're trying to set up something for the tendency. Like there's so many different kind of like strategic battles that are, that we were doing, you know, as a team. So then, you know, once it came to playoffs, then then we we put our best shit out there. I remember that story of Belichick talking to Ed Reed and Ed Reed, uh, New Peyton Manning was watching the play, so he, he ran he ran the wrong defense just to <laughs> with Peyton Manning. And then when they played Peyton, Peyton thought it was wide open, came in and picked it oh, up. Yeah. But just like the mind games and the mental side of it. Whenever we would play Ed Reed or like Troy Palomalu, those two guys specifically, I remember just being in our offensive meeting and, and like our, our offensive coordinator, like, all right, well, you don't even look at him. Mm-hmm. Don't look at him because he's not going to give you anything pre-snap. Like he could be somewhere completely where you, you think it's cover two, but it's cover three. Like those guys were in a league of their own where they, they knew how to manipulate mm-hmm. where the ball would go. And, and they were so unpredictable. Like it was just insane. With Ed, Ed Reed was lying on the ground one time. I remember like literally like a lion lying on a ground. <laughs> like Tom wasn't going to see him or something popped up, jumped in the second <laughs> half. I mean, it is. Those guys are studs. Uh, let's go back to 2009 now. You get drafted seventh round. And that's one of those things, you know, late, late round picks kind of not, you know, sometimes you want to be able to still go where you want to go, right? But you get picked by the Patriots. You get the opportunity now to go play with Bill Belichick, play with Dom, Tom Brady. What emotions were going through your head when you heard your name drafted, knowing that you were going to be playing with one of the greatest franchises in NFL history? Yeah, I was, I was super excited. You know, and like just to get drafted, you know, I was a quarterback in college. I just wanted to play in the league. Didn't, you know, I knew I wasn't going to play quarterback in the league. And, you know, just to get your name called, like, rat excited. I was a Niners fan growing up. So it was kind of like you're going to the Niners of this generation. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then, like, all of a sudden, you know, you a different thing kicked in and you're like, well, there's 90 guys on the team. There's only going to be 53. We have Joey Galloway, Randy Moss, Wes Welkers, you know, Sam Aiken, special team. Like, then you start playing numbers game. Like, oh, 
<laughs> like, how am I going to make this team? Uh-huh. You know, and, and so then, you know, then that anxiety and, and that anticipation came and, and you know, then, then you, you're in a whole different world. So you're like on cloud, cloud nine. And then all of a sudden you're like at the bottom of the ocean, like, oh, I got to swim to the top here. What was that rookie train? Oh, wait, 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 wait. You said in the draft, you know, you was going to be a quarterback in the NFL? Yeah. I, I, they drafted me as an athlete. I was training as like an athlete. What does that mean? Wait, wait. wait. <laughs> I'm five foot ten, bro. I, wait, wait. You've been a quarterback your whole life. Yeah. And then on the biggest stage, you're like, all right, <laughs> athlete. Like, what does that mean? They drafted me as an athlete. They would work me out. Teams would come in and work me out as like a receiver or running back. The Pittsburgh Steelers came and worked me out as a DB. You know, said, <laughs> something you've never done before. Yeah. You're going to the highest level and changing. Yeah, should, I mean, I literally, because even you playing DB, having to guard Anquan Bolden and shit like that. No, I'm yeah. just saying, and my like, head is like, yo, what the, f- like, what, like. I'm pretty sure Tom Brady can't catch and do a route running, right? Nah. I'm pretty sure he can't oh, be a right receiver. receiver. Someone's like, all right. Wide receiver, and he was like, wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> but, work? you know, I was a running quarterback. I rushed for a bunch of yards when I was in college. Like, yeah, I was athletic. Yeah, like, running back, but no one, like, you're not sitting here running routes and... No. So I, you had to learn? I had to learn it all. Learn it on the fly. Linked up with the guy, I linked up with Charlie Fry when I was training for my, my okay. pro day. And he was, he was a quarterback. He was starting quarterback for the Browns for a while, and then he went to the Raiders. And he, you know, like, that... He, that was a huge help for me. Like, I didn't even know how to run an out route. You know, like, it, was, it was tough. And I should as well. So wait, 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 no, 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 hold on. We have to start, hold on, hold on. NFL, <laughs> there has to be a new ranking amongst players now. Because if, you, if you're coming to the NFL and you're not the position that someone did their whole life and you're second behind them in receiving yards, there has to be another type of category. You in the can't playoffs. Be num- in the yeah, but it's still, you can't be number one if you've been to receive your whole life and he just started like <laughs> 30 years, 10. Like, they can't do those. That's, I got to bring you to my daughter's birthday party to hype me up, bro. No, that's, like, like, that's, 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 that's different. That's real shit, though. That <laughs> is, like, I'm sorry. That is... You can't tell me like you learned how to be a receiver training for the draft and then you're top like that's wow. That's embarrassing for receivers who's been doing it their whole life. Nah, <laughs> I'll be mad. I'll be, I'm sorry. I'll be mad. <laughs> there's a couple guys that did it, you know, but uh, as a quarterback, like it helped me for like coverage recognition, like my, my strengths as a receiver were because probably I, I was a quarterback. Like I could see pre-snap what it was gonna be, then I could manipulate what I was gonna run, and then post-snap, if they went to something else, I was still able to adjust on the fly because of being a quarterback. You know, and then, you know, I, I always had, you know, quickness. So, you know, I was able to create separation. But it was very tough the first two, three years, you know, learning how to run routes. You know, it's like dancing. Mm-hmm. You know, white people don't have much rhythm, so <laughs> it was very tough. <laughs> There's exceptions, though, in the <laughs> You're no. definitely one of them. But even, let's talk a little bit about even you, you having to switch to cornerback, playing DB yeah. in the AFC Championship game. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I went back and watched that tape, you know, last night. 
and just still, and I was working at NFL Network at this point, like still just like amazed because not knowing your background then, like 2011, I think the game was played yeah. 12, right? But like having to guard, guard a guy like Anquan Bolden, like you're matched up with him. Like what's going through your mind leading up to that week? Like what's that conversation like? You're like, yo, you, you want to hear how this went down? <laughs> like in, this, so they put me in like three weeks before against the Jets. And like leading into that, that week, that week's game, we had team meeting. We'd have like a 45 minute team meeting every day about the keys of the week, what we needed to work on and what we needed to go into that week. And uh, at the end of the meeting, Josh Boyer, he was the DB coach. He goes, hey, you're going to be in our meeting. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm going to be in your meeting. He's like, yeah, we're going to, you know, we're a little banged up here at Nichols. So <laughs> we're, we're going to put you in on, on DB. And I, I got excited. I was like, yeah, I wasn't playing a lot of receiver by that, that time. You know, I was, I was more of making myself valued to the team by playing, you know, a lot of special teams, having packages on offense. And so, you know, I went into that meeting and just tried to use everything that I knew as a receiver against, you know, the DBs. And I honestly think it made me a better receiver sitting in on DBs meetings because then you kind of got to see what they were going to do to you at the line of scrimmage, what they were teaching the guys, mm. you know, in the middle of like a stem of a route and all these things and leverages. So like it, it ended up helping me, but you know, I kind of just, as a receiver, I would cheat somewhat because I would study the concepts of what the teams would do mm-hmm. on like certain situational plays. I would go a lot of, I would go in a lot on third down. So I, I would kind of like, just look at like impact players, what their impact routes were, and then kind of just hold and hold on for dear life. But it was tough, man. Especially going against a guy like Anquan Bolden, who, you know, he, he was, he was like short, but he was really strong in his route. So he could bump you off and like, it, it was tough. Yeah. Seems like he's one of those type of guys, probably like yourself, that took pride in, in, in knocking the shit out of, uh, you know, defensive players when you had the opportunity. Hey, they're going to hit you. You might as well hit them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It was fun. Let's talk a little bit about Bill Belichick. I think for the outside world, you know, the media, we see him as kind of surly, short, you know, quick tempered. But what was he like when the cameras weren't around for you guys as players? Yeah, he, it depended on who you were. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, Bill, Bill's really good at being able to manage guys and, and give them what they needed to succeed. So, like, if you were a guy like me, like, I needed to be roughed up. I needed to be yelled at. Mm-hmm. Like, that made me perform. That made me get mad and perform at my best, you know? Like, other guys, if they needed to be loved up, like, he would crack a joke or, or something like that. If you, you know, you were a star, he'd let you do what you did if you were performing on, you know, on the field. Like he ultimately doesn't care about anything but production and, and performance. So whatever you had to do to get in there and go out and perform, that's, mm-hmm. that's what he would do. Um, but he, he was a fun guy somewhat. I mean, he, he was <laughs> somewhat, somewhat. Yeah. Like if, Things were going well. He would cut you down if the team needed to be brought up because we had a bad loss or something. Like he knew how to bring you kind of up. He challenged people, um, you know, and he would crack a joke here and there. His jokes were like dry jokes. 
or but and like in dad jokes, full dad jokes, and no one knew if you could laugh. Yeah, like, I'm just like, do you feel like you had to laugh? No, no, you, everyone's you, looking you, at each other. Like, you uh, didn't know, like, and then you you heard a couple of the, you know the big dogs. They would laugh, but like you still didn't know if you could laugh because you weren't a big dog yet. So like, yeah, it, it was fun, man. I enjoyed it, and uh, he gets a bad rap, but you know, coach, you know, he he's got a little personality. What's funny is when you when you think about greatness, right? When you think about it from the outside, no one ever likes greatness. No. Because it's not it's not what is not appealing to is not friendly. Greatness is not friendly, right? You know, someone who has dedicated their life to win, to be great, there's nothing to smile about besides winning, right? They understand that you know, I'm, I'm sacrificing, I'm doing all of this for this much of success, but when I get it, it's, it tastes great, and I'm not sharing the shit with you, yeah. right? So, you know, when you think about the Belichick's or Tom Brady, it just, it, there's a certain type of personality that comes with it, and it's not going to be love. Yeah, I mean, he, he's seen so much football that, like, he, he knows the situations, like, throughout everything it sounds weird but like he knows that a big win in september doesn't mean dog shit mm-hmm. you know what i mean because you still have so much that you're trying to do that year you know or like a big loss in november like you know how do we recover from that like all right now we got to get back you know that you know so that he's seen so many different situations the guy's been in the league since 1975 Literally, mm, that's man. crazy with the Baltimore Colts. So, and he's called plays on all sides of the ball. He was a special teams coordinator. He's called offense. He's called defense. So he knows the game inside now. And so it, it, it's one thing, you know, when, when I remember like one time we, we were doing shitty on kickoff and the display of a great leader. I was, I was amazed. He literally came in the meeting and he f- took the remote from the special teams coordinators like watch out get out of here he, and he went player for player on kickoff and kickoff return what they had to do you're gonna hairpin here you're gonna go right here you're gonna and when you see her and we went and returned a kick for a touchdown the next week like and we were doing dog shit before that like when you see your leader go in and be able to do something like that on something that you know he's not really doing mm-hmm. like that's when you're like oh, okay this is badass you know what i mean also he doesn't wait wait football you don't he doesn't control all of it he does control all of it but there, you know you don't microman like he's not going to come into the offense and you know run the offensive meeting the offensive coordinator is going to run the offensive mm-hmm. meeting the defensive like you break up into offense defense those coaches will run those meetings what you have to do He'll oversee everything. And then, you know, special teams has a coordinator. Then they go in and they run that meeting. And then, you know, then you break up into each individual position. And those coaches break down those plays and everything. So everyone, there's like a chain of command, uh-huh. you know, but he can come in and run everything. And that's not, not a lot of head coaches can do that. You know, like there's like you, you always see like there's an offensive minded head coach, there's a defensive minded head coach, which he's a defensive minded coach. But, you know, he could go in and, and he could coach, you know, every play up, which you don't see that very often. And I was talking a little bit about, you know, your leader on the field, Tom Brady. 
What did Tom teach you just about being great in terms of preparation, all the other things that go into it, life on the field, off the field, and just all those things? He taught, you know, like, he let me, he let me into his circle, which was crazy. And, and you know, he, he showed me ultimately how, how to be a professional on the field, off the field. And I would say, like, the number one thing that I learned from him was the ability to compartmentalize. I mean, like, there could be shit going on off the field, on the field, within the team. And this guy was able to just block everything out and perform like like it was practice always. Like the ability to do that, like, I mean, his mom had cancer during one of our Super Bowls. Like no one really knew but him. Mm-hmm. And I knew because he told me, but like... That that be that that he's big. He's very big family guy, and yeah. he was able to go out and have his best performance. You know what I mean? Like that's the kind of guy he was, and he is. You know that the ability to just like block everything out and just have tunnel vision on what he's trying to do was, you know, what I what I learned from him and how to be a pro, how to prepare, how to take care of your body, you know, how to be a family man. I mean, how to handle your family with you know, football, you know, it's different when you're a professional athlete Mm -hmm. being there, being, you know, involved in everything. Like I learned how to be a professional from Tom Brady. And obviously he's he's a very intense guy. Was he ever too intense for you or was, did you kind of always just get along with each other? Yeah, no, he, he, so Tom, Tom would yell at me because he couldn't yell at everyone (laughs) because, you know, I mean, by the time, you know, I'm in my, fifth sixth year I mean there's guys that have watched Tom Brady I mean he was already in like his 18th year his 17th year (laughs) you know I mean so like a young player comes in and if Tom Brady yells at them they shit their pants and you know they won't go perform Mm -hmm. so like he would like yell at me because I could take it you know, I would yell a little bit at back at him, you know, but because we developed that. But like, <laughs> you know, that's just how it was. You know, I, he was very intense on me. He was very hard on me. And, uh, you know, but I, I, was, I liked it. You know, I needed that to, to, to make myself better. So he was very intense. You know, if, if something was wrong, he was going to let you know. And it wouldn't be like some sunshine rainbow, like, hey, bud, you do like this. And I'd be like, hey, Joel, look at the over there, <laughs> you know, like, you know, so he, he demands perfection and, and that's how, you know, the greats are. So y'all got a real strong relationship. Saw recently that y'all got together for, for a beach football game. So I want to know how, did, how does that type of situation go down? Is it a group chat? Like what, what are the factors in place when it's like, yo, y'all want to go play some beach football and everybody just pulls up? A group chat with Brady? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. green bubbles in the group chat? Uh, like one of his 17 assistants hit us all up. Said, you guys are coming here. Here's your plane. Like he takes care of everything. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's nothing like that. Like I think I talked to like the assistant number 42 or something. <laughs> And uh, we all went out there and celebrated uh, his career and, yeah. and had a, a, a good time over at Baker's Bay at his little place. And boy, it was it was fun. That beat, what people don't realize, man, we were all dying after that. Like we were drinking and stuff yeah. and you're playing beach football on the field. And like we're all competitors. So guys are going hard. Yeah, and yeah. Shit. <laughs> guys are dying in between plays. You realize how out of shape you really are. 
when you're not playing the game. <laughs> <laughs> Guys are like throwing up and stuff. <laughs> uh, it was it was fun, man. It was fun to because we haven't been together a lot of those guys since you know we all left. I mean, him and Gronk went on to Tampa Bay, but you know Amendola was there. There's a bunch of other guys there, and you know we haven't been together since you know probably that 2016 Super Bowl. Mm. So it was it was fun. So let's talk about that that 2020 season. That was your final season in the yeah. NFL, obviously. Tom announces he's going to Tampa Bay. So what was the mood like in the locker room after that situation happened for yourself having to go out, kind of play this this final NFL season without, you know, the guy you spent your whole career? Uh, it was tough. It, it was definitely tough. But, you, you know, like in the league that we're in, in the profession that we're in, there's going to be coaches that go. There's going to be players that go. There's no same team ever. And it's once Tom Brady leaves, it's it's different you know you're like all right we lost a guard all right, we'll get someone up and when tom left he's like dude like especially as a receiver you're dependent on someone you're dependent like i don't have the ball in my hands always so you know i obviously you know you get motivated because you're like you know that's the competitor like we're gonna go out and show him we're gonna win more games than him yeah. <laughs> he goes and wins the Super Bowl. We didn't make the playoffs, so you know it was it was uh, a little was, salty at all. But hell yeah! yeah. All right, good. No, but no, I was no, happy no. for him. I was happy for him. He's like he's my best, one of my best friends. So, but if you're good. watching the the Bucks make that that run the Super Bowl, is any part of you like, all right, I mean, you get to the NFC Championship game, but then after that, like, nah. shut it down. You know, you. I wanted to see him do well. Okay. You know, I knew him. I I know what what he's about and and what he was going through you know, throughout everything. And, and it was just, you know, he, he wanted to do it and he did it, man. Yeah. You can't, it's hard. It's, that's yeah. crazy. He, that's a big move. I mean, it's a big move. That's a huge yeah. move. Yeah. First year out. Yeah. Bowl. First time just like, ah, uh, yeah, I'm out. It <laughs> was, I think Peyton Manning was the other quarterback to win two with, you know, different teams, mm -hmm. but you look at Peyton Manning, that was the defense that did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I love Peyton. He was a little Peyton. shaky that, yeah. I love shaky. Peyton, but I'm an Eli guy. Uh, for sure. For He's sure. my favorite Manning, <laughs> even though he knocked us out of the Super Bowl. So Thanks, I, Eli. <laughs> so, so you're a quarterback coming out of college. You, you know, you didn't, you know, you threw a couple passes here and there in the league. But you ever look around the league, like, at different teams, like, yo, fuck, I could be a starting quarterback on that squad. No. No. No? No. Definitely? No, dude. I, I, you're I mean, a real one there. Nah, dude, like, if you're playing quarterback in the league, like, I can't even make all the throws. Like, again, like, you, you know, what's open in college and what's open in the NFL is completely different. You know, when, when the guy's covered, he's open in the league. Mm -hmm. you know, you just ball placement. <laughs> yeah. And I couldn't, I wasn't that accurate. I, I couldn't throw it like that. And, and all the, you know, guys that are playing and behind the center in the league, I, I mean, that's that's a tough position. It's not just knowing what you're doing. It's knowing what every guy in the offense is doing, every guy in the defense is doing, being able to communicate in the huddle, being able to go through your processing of what each play is while you're walking to the line. Like, that's a lot of responsibility. I, I don't think I could do that. You know, so like so even like, you know, like, you know, just fans. The worst quarterback is still him in a sense. They're them. They're them. They're not him. <laughs> <laughs> like I mean, like, yeah. like when players be like, "Yo, uh, 
this bum, I'll beat him. I'm like, eh, he'll probably drop it for 60 in, 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 in a pickup game. In a, yeah, in a pickup, <laughs> in a pickup like, game. They'll yeah. throw the lights out, mm-hmm. like, with, with, without contact. I mean, that's the difference is when, you know, when there's guys coming down your face. That didn't sound right. Um, <laughs> when, you know, when, hey, when, yo. <laughs> when there's, you know, like, with pressure and being able to, to decipher defense, like, that's, that's one good. thing, but all those guys can throw. Yeah. Like if, if you just saw them pick up a ball and just toss it, like that, that's easy for them. They all can do it. Okay. It's kind of like a bas- like yeah. a pro basketball player. When, when anyone that says like they can go out and beat a pro basketball player, oh, this guy's a bum. Why is he even on the court? Well, he goes to any pickup game. He's going to dominate anyone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Most of them. Yeah, most of them. Most of them. I don't know. I, like I always say, like, you know, um, just like no difference between high school college and NBA, right? 1415 is 1415, right? Um, I've seen some some guys get cooked in pickup games. And yeah. I'm like, bro, you're an NBA player and you're getting cooked at the YMCA league. Let it go. Yeah, it's happened. Yeah, yeah let it go, bro. It's happened. Yeah, let it go. Maybe it's <laughs> like, have some pride. Have some pride. Jeez. <laughs> so last Brady question for you. I know you, you do a lot of these things. I know probably yeah. everybody bothers you about that shit, but you just be, Brady just became part owner of the Raiders. They got Jimmy G, got Josh McDaniels there, obviously your former offensive coordinator. But Jimmy G's foot, a little janky right now, had to have some surgery. Do you ever see a world where Tom Brady will come out of retirement and play one more season with the Raiders? Probably not, no. Probably not. Probably, like, that's like 99%. Okay. No. But still There's still one. the 1%. <laughs> There's still 1%. You know, uh, I think he's 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 done just because, exactly. you know, he's moved on with the family. You know, he's doing that whole thing of his life. Um, and it's just he, he's a practice guy. And I don't I don't think he's doing it right now. And like, I don't think he would I don't think he would do it. Okay. You know, it's it's and especially the situation with the Raiders are, you know, are do they have the players to go out <laughs> yeah. like that? he would want to play with it's not like a perfect formula yeah. for him to just come in like do they have the offensive line do they have the defense you know he he ain't going into a situation where he don't think he can go win it so let's just throw a hypothetical let's say <laughs> he says that one percent i'm gonna do it i'm coming back but he hits you up like look need one last dance what would he need to do to persuade you to come back for one more season uh, about seven M's <laughs> and about, uh, you know, 30, maybe like 15 plays a game. That's all I got. Okay. So you got, you said know, that's all I got. Left. That's all I got for him. You know, a couple third, I'll give him third downs, red area targets. You get me on the, you know, we're not doing anything between the twenties. Anything in between the twenties, unless it's third down, can't go. Okay. You know, the, the shape's not there. It's. It's crazy. Like you, once you're out, you know, it, you, even though I'm in sh- good shape, mm-hmm. it's not football oh, shit, yeah. bro. And especially when you, you've taken years off, like that's, that's not, that's not doable. You know, they're only getting better. Yeah. yeah. You know, these young guns, young, hungry bucks that just want to rip your face off yeah. every single play. You know, like I don't, 
I don't think I got it. <laughs> you know, I know I, I, I'm a, I'm let you know. I don't think I got it, coach. <laughs> That's real shit. <laughs> Maybe third down though. Maybe third down. <laughs> It sounds like give me practice. a couple motions. That's not like practice when you get it. Hey, coach, I can give it to you in practice or the game. I'm not giving you both. Yeah. Which one do you want? <laughs> give me a couple motions. I can't get out the line of scrimmage no more. These guys are longer. They're stronger. So it's crazy. So you have some amazing plays throughout your career. Some legendary plays. But I want to know when you look back, what's the one play that you didn't make that still pisses you off to this day? There was one play in uh, Fifty-three Super Bowl where we won. I I ran like a, a bow route, and it was kind of like it was the guy was on me, and I could have made a, a tough contested catch. It was a little behind me, Tom. You could put it in front of me a little better, but <laughs> you know I, I wish I would have made that play because I would have had like a perfect game then. And you know I've never had a perfect game. Okay, you know I was I was ten for eleven targets that game and. You know, I ended up getting, you know, the MVP of that game, but if, it would have been so much cooler if it would have been not just that one more. Like, yeah. so you just said, yeah, I won it. Okay, you won the game. Okay, so it's not that bad. Okay. Yeah. But it, you wanted the perfect game. I, right? you, you, ne- you never had a perfect game. I mean, whether it's a blocking assignment, a mental error, or, you know, something like that. What, what, which pass was it? It was an out route. It was like, which, a, like, which catch was it? Like, number seven, number. I think it was like, could have been anywhere <laughs> from eight to wasn't the last one, so it was like eight or nine. Oh, okay. Ooh. That would have been <sighs> eleven for eleven targets. Yeah. For eleven. That's legendary. So you talked about Super Bowl fifty three, you talk a little bit about Super Bowl fifty one, which I know obviously you get tired of hearing about as well, but nah, because you're on the winning side, so I'm sure to relive those moments. But greatest comeback NFL history. We're all watching the game. Y'all go down twenty eight three. You know, everybody thinks you guys are cooked. Obviously, you come back to get the win. But when you look at that game, like, what's your favorite memory or moment or point in that game when you knew, well, damn, we might actually win this shit? I think it was Hightower's sack fumble. You know, like, we were, we were climbing the mountain. We, were, and we dug a hole for ourselves in the first half. And then Hightower had a sack. And, like, was it sack fumble? Yeah, right, sack fumble. I should know that. I'm an analyst. Um, <laughs> and I was on the game. <laughs> no, but he, once he hit that, then like, there was like already three things that were happening that like, were like, this is like Freaky Fridays type shit. You know what I mean? And and like, once that happened, we got the ball and we had an opportunity to tie it back up. Like that was like, oh, okay, this is, this just could happen. And then yeah. once we did that and got this, the two point conversion, like our second two-point conversion, which two-point conversions are crazy, like already because you don't, you very rarely use them. And that that actual week we put in four plays for two-point conversions, which you only usually have like two, mm-hmm. which is crazy that we had four plays. And you know, once we got that two-pointer, like we're I'm like we're winning this game. We're winning it. And was there a point where you thought, damn, we're losing this shit? Can't clean on three. <laughs> Coming out of halftime. No, I mean, I just coming out of halftime. Like uh, I was raw, raw guy in the hot, in, in the in the in the locker room. It's gonna be a hell of a story, boys. Let's go. Just yeah. put our shit back on. Let's go. And I drop a, a third down. I routed up Alfred and, and across the middle, 
and I dropped the ball. Then they went and scored. I'm like, oh, I started doing the math in my head. I'm like, it's 28 to three. It's going to be a tough one. That's when I was like, ah. 28 to three, you're still like, ah. I've been on some crazy shit though, man. Like we were down like two touchdowns. We were down two scores with like a minute and 30 to go. I know it wasn't the Super Bowl against like Cleveland like a few years before where we won that game. We were down against Buffalo, two scores with like 45 seconds, one that like miraculous type shit. Mm -hmm. So like, you never think it's over, yeah. you know. It's like the. And you got Tom Brady. State, yeah, like, it's like you know Golden I mean? State Warriors were like, you know, down 15 with four minutes to go, and you're like, a couple shots no, played, yeah. hit, hit two, I hit two, twelve, we're good. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it just you just never. And then also like, teams, it's kind of like the Tiger effect, you know, when Tiger was in his prime, mm -hmm. Tiger Woods, and like. He would be on that back nine down by a stroke and guys would just kind of shit their pants because Tiger was in, in the water, yeah. you know, as they would say. Like, you felt teams would do that when they were playing against us. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they, they're like, uh oh, Patriot. Oh, uh, yeah. they're not going to, you know what I mean? So, like, it was almost like teams would stop trying to win and they were trying not to lose. lose. No. Yep. You know, and, and that happens. And that happens. It was that's a that's a big college basketball thing. Yeah, they're up twenty, they're up twenty, and then now they're. Playing I felt like the, the Celtics did that when yeah. they lost in Game Six, yeah. or no, the, when they almost lost Game Six. Remember they were up like yeah, twelve points. Yeah, yeah, I was watching. Yeah, I did. I did a breakdown on that. They, they were playing not to lose. Yeah, they were playing not to lose. Everything was like, all right, we're going to waste as much time as possible. Like, well, that's not how you got the lead. Yeah. And that's not how you got the lead. You got the lead making plays and scoring. Now that you're you're up, you're trying to like play keep away and run it down, and that that's not the rhythm. That's a fine skill to have, though, man. Like it, it's psychologically crazy, you know. When when you're up a certain amount, and, you know, and you're trying, like, all right. I think that like coaches sometimes like they try to overanalyze mm -hmm. shit. A lot of the times, and like like you said, do what you did to win. <laughs> yeah. You're winning the game. Let's just keep it going. And they're like, well, statistically speaking, if we do this, you know, let's go, bro. <laughs> yeah, I want to. You gotta. It's like that sportsman. Do you have even have sportsmanlike conduct? Yeah, unsportsmanlike conduct. No, no, no. Sportsmanlike, like um, if you're up by a certain amount of touchdowns, you don't supposed to be running a certain play. That no. Okay. That, I knew that only worked. Start running the ball. I remember, right? I remember, but the running back is still trying to score. He's like, I'm gonna run on the one yard line and just stop. I mean, you're gonna get well, that's, your sets. Like. That's well, it depends on if it's a Rolex situation where time's more important than points. Mm -hmm. So, like when Chubb did it, I, I think like last year, two years ago, yeah. where he, remember he scored yeah. and then the, they ended up losing because yeah. they got the, the, the ball. They could have ran the clock out. Mm -hmm. There is situational plays where. It's smarter to do that kind of stuff. But if you're, you know, I remember once we were we were playing the Jets, and you know everyone knows that Belichick doesn't like the Jets. I don't think I'm like <laughs> announcing any news. I mean, a guy told him he wasn't going to be their coach on a napkin. <laughs> that's me. That's how he. You know that, right? Yeah. yeah. And I remember one time we were, we were playing them, and we were up probably like 23 points, and we threw a we threw a deep touchdown in the fourth. And like they got mad, and it was like, well, f 
And stop us yeah. then. Yeah. You know what I mean? There ain't no. This is this isn't Pop Warner where you have to write a letter if you beat a team by thirty five. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's, this is National Football League. If you you got bucks too, let's yeah. go. Y'all got to do that in the football too. Yeah, that shit was always wild. Back then, the letters, a letter while you beat them by thirty five. Yeah. Suck like Man, what you think? Suck. Yeah. So the thing about sports too, a lot of times athletes get institutionalized, right? You get used to that same routine, that same schedule. You look at a guy like Brady, like it's hard to let go of it. But looking at yourself, when did you know it was time to hang him up, and how difficult was it a, of a decision for you to retire? Uh, I, it, I, I knew it was time when when I couldn't practice the way I wanted to practice, when I was in practice, and you know, guys that were that should not have been even coming close to c covering me in like one-on-ones. Mm -hmm. They were like kind of covering me. <laughs> <laughs> like when then you turn the film on, you just, you don't look the same. No. Uh, that's, I had to swallow the, I, I, that's when I couldn't do it. Yeah, you yeah, know, you can't you had to see yourself. I had to see it. I had to see it and feel it. And like, it was such a grind to get through a week. No. You know, like I was like more stressed about practice than I was the game because I, I, you know, going out and getting the reps in and I needed to do the reps to make me feel prepared for the game. And I couldn't get my reps in. I was doing like five plays a, a practice. And then, you know, I'd go hit the, the, the pool and run in the pool. And like once that became a thing, I was like, yeah, I, can, I can't do this. It, it, it was me up psychologically. When, was there a specific point where you're like, all right, this is it? Like, was there a point during the season? Was it after season? Like, it was one-on-ones. Okay. There's one, -on -one. There's, one -on there's one one on one. I won't say the guy's name, but he he kind of covered me, and I, <laughs> I I walked off that field, and I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm playing no more. Look at this guy. I, I love him to death, but like, I'm like, nah. Yeah. He's a doc. Yeah. If he's covering me, it's bad. We it's bad. Bad for business. That happens in that happens in the NBA too. You know, you, you, you just like like you got Kevin Love right now, right? Yeah. If Kevin Love give you twenty, retire. <laughs> I just say, just come on. He just, he's not gonna play that much. He's not shooting that much. But if he gives you twenty at this point in your career, let it go. You gotta shut it down. Just let it go. It's just one of those things where it's like, mm. yeah, it's me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's me. And it, I just, you know, you also, like, I remember playing guys early in my career when they were in their prime. And then, you know, fast forward six years and then they were kind of out of their prime. And they were just stinky out there. You know, <laughs> the knee brace on, the ankle braces <laughs> looking like some old ass basketball dude at the gym, you know what I mean? Can barely move. Like, too much blood in the water. I was trying to take those guys out, yeah. you know, and so I had to. <laughs> too much blood in the water. Like, yeah, I'm not gonna. I can't do it. I've I've rubbed too many people the wrong way, <laughs> <laughs> especially on that field. Talking way too much shit. <laughs> so, last question for you. Obviously, Pro Football Hall of Fame, one of the one of the toughest Hall of Fames to get into. There's been a ton of debate that, based on your postseason career, what you were able to do: three-time Super Bowl champ, Super Bowl MVP. You deserve. A look like do you view yourself as a Hall of Famer or what do you think about when you look back at your career do you think it, it, it warrants some discussion to be in the Hall of Fame uh, it, that's that's tough man like uh, it, it's a tough club to be in yeah you know what I mean and, and those guys those guys of all, all anyone who's in that club is is was the guy was him as they would say nowadays you know so you know I 
I didn't answer the question, so. No, no, what you do is you like, you're like, listen, I came into this league as a quarterback. I came into this league as a quarterback. And I played as a receiver. And I played as a receiver. Where's my f***ing jacket? <laughs> <laughs> Where's my f***ing jacket? Like, you do it? No. Uh, that's what I'm saying, like, no, no this is, ah! this You can't switch. Whole life, they can't come into the league as a receiver and play yeah. receiver, I understand. Yeah. I've been playing as a, come on, I did that. We're gonna do it for you. I get a curve. I get a curve. I get. I, I should. You should be able to get a curve. A curve for changing positions at the pros. Yeah. Learning. That means you're like, come on. That is. It'd that be nice. takes a different type of mentality to just switch and just become something different that someone's been doing at the whole fucking life. pro level. You know what I mean? Like on the pro, not in college or three years into the league. It's like we're drafting you for this. And you're like, oh. Never caught a ball before, but oh, okay. <laughs> it's kind of like Batman. Anyone that says they're Batman isn't Batman. Okay, but what if yeah. we say you're Batman? I need to say might it. Be. I, it I, might I mean, be. listen, not, just listen. To do what you did and it wasn't <laughs> your position is a. I'm sorry. That's. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, Gil. That's real shit. Well, Julian, we appreciate hey, you pulling up to the show, man. No Thank problem, you so man. much. Thanks for having me. This has been another episode of No Chill with Gilbert Arenas. We'll be back with more very soon.